This is the Truth of the Matters podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Bible Study Reflections, solo or with friends. This is episode 140. I'm your host, Jonathan, and for those who are unfamiliar with the segment, let me give you a quick background story to it. It was inspired by a Bible study that I had with two of my friends once a week. Basically, we would choose a book of the Bible to unpack together, choose two or three chapters, read them individually, and see what we could unpack by ourselves. Then, of course, we would come together, fellowship with one another, and learn about what we believe God has revealed to us individually. Remember, Scripture says, anytime two or three are gathered, there am I in your midst. What I concluded from these talks is I would still be full of information and yet still curious about a lot of things. So I decided to create this segment called Bible Study Reflections Solo with Friends. The goal was ultimately to grow and the opportunity to fellowship with others. If you're open to fellowshipping with me on the next Bible Study Reflection episode, reach out to me on TikTok or Instagram. And that's at the truth of T-M-I-S. Again, it's the truth of T-M-I-S. And we can fellowship with one another if you like. And have conversations about life. Anything in general. Open book. You're open to reaching out. You can also reach out to me on our Facebook group called I'm a Believer. Again, it's called I'm a Believer. And lastly, is email. You can reach out to me there at speedit 83 at Speed, ED at the end of it, 83 at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from some of you. Yes, I know this segment is extremely long, but I love to give reverence and respect to my two friends who I've done Bible study with for over, I would say, between three years. One to three years I've done Bible study. Blessing, it's amazing definitely was part of my growth and development to who I am and the relationship that I have in Christ Jesus and the fellowship that I have with them is truly amazing I appreciate both of them and that's how this segment came about of course the whole point is to inspire you to also want to have fun it's important to understand the importance of going to service on Sunday but true development growth and receiving information comes from Bible study and discussions. The reason why we have this podcast is a discussion. Hopefully at one point we can have a part where we can engage with the audience and therefore hear what everyone has to say. But of course, that's everything to do with the involvement of people who are interested and want to be a part of that. So, I hope everyone is doing well. I know you can't answer that. But of course, were engaging, I would imagine that you would answer that in whatever fashion that you need to answer it. So I hope everyone has had a decent week. If you haven't, well, I'll be praying for you this week. And my hope is that you have a better week than last week. And that can happen. If you believe me or not, just understand that this is life. That's part of it. Now, before we dive into the verse, that I have for you today that I reflected upon. First, I want to say is that my cough is not completely gone, but I am feeling a lot more better. But I don't know, maybe psychologically, the amount of coughing I was doing 
every time I try to get through a sentence, I still can imagine now that as I'm talking, I think I have to cough. So cough, I lean over to the side, not into the mic and cough and hope it's not a disturbance to your ears and you're still willing to hear me out today. So now with that being said, I want to tell you a few things that could be beneficial in hearing. Of course, I want to talk about what happened to me two weeks ago and how I got sick. And now, of course, it wasn't COVID sick. It was chest cold sick. And there was a four day period where things were extremely uncomfortable for me. And I want to discuss that period of time. I don't believe it's a coincidence that the verse for today connects to my experience during this four day period. So this would be predominantly what my message is for you today. And hopefully something I say could be a blessing, a reminder and, and, you know, influencing you in some possible way moving forward as you go throughout the week. Obviously, when we're dealing with issues and situations and conversations dealing around COVID, obviously a lot of people suffer from it. A lot of people haven't. And therefore, it's super controversial in regards to what the reaction is to whether or not you need to be vaccinated or not. Of course, I'm not going to discuss whether you should or shouldn't. I just want to tell you that me not feeling well was not a result of me having COVID, but still acknowledge and respect the fact that there are pieces of evidence that point to the possibility that you might have had COVID, but it wasn't me. So there was actually a verse that I read in preparation for the Bible study with Boca. And I said, wow, what a verse. And, you know, when I thought about the verse, I realized how much it could have helped me during this period of suffering. Right now, that can happen, honestly, where there are biblical verses that help change the way you think during a time of suffering or can have the opposite effect. It can help uplift your spirit in moments of need. And of course, there are times that after you have gone through something like myself, there are verses that will explain the experience you went through. And now it's up to you to see how this verse can comfort you after your experience. My hope is that this message is helpful and beneficial for you all who have decided to press play today. So where to begin? Ah, Yes, let's start with prayer since everything that I have to say is connected and therefore we can prepare our hearts and our minds to receive God's word of encouragement or stability when it comes to our thinking in hard times, but also in pleasant and good times. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the good moments that bring us joy and excitement. And we ought to thank you for the moments where things are tough, where we want to get down ourselves. We, we want to cry and we start to question your methods, your intentions, and the reason behind what we're going through. Lord, I thank you for the latter because it gives us the opportunity to hear your word of instruction through it all. Even though it's uncomfortable, I know that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And because I know you 
are not the author of confusion, I know that in this very moment, it is to my understanding that I have to wait on you, Lord, and see the experience through. Lord, it's moments like this that I need to reflect and learn what you want me to gain from what I have gone through or growing through, Lord. I know this may seem very nerve-wrecking to many of us and how unnecessarily it feels. However, I know you know best and therefore I trust what I can't understand in hopes that one day I learn the purpose behind your ways. If I learn my, if, if I am learning, my hope is that I can articulate it in a receivable fashion to those who are listening. I know that you have my best interest in mind, Lord, as it relates to wanting to see me flourish, to wanting to see me be successful, to bring in the best out of me, especially in times and moments where I can't see that same thing for myself. Lord, Lord, as I as I talk through my learning experience today, I pray that it could be a blessing to someone. And I pray that you will use it to change the way we see your love for us, even when it seems unorthodox. If you're ready to hear me out, please end the prayer by saying in Jesus name we pray. Amen. And amen. So the start of my discomfort really began with a cough and that cough seemed to happen every few seconds and minutes and it happened more regularly. Obviously I spoke a week before about myself being on the clock and delivering six cases of water that were 24 in a pack Polish spring up to a mansion and unfortunately the person that I was delivering to did not respond neither in text nor by phone call and I resorted in me standing in the rain receiving the raindrops fall on me and eventually that's where the cough came from it would start off slowly and then build and build and build to the point that I thought I would throw up, but never did. And I'm talking about the cough, like you're coughing, you're coughing, you're coughing. It gets stronger, it gets stronger, it gets stronger. And then the reaction is maybe I'm going to throw up, but I never did. Now, this bothered me because I couldn't speak a full sentence without coughing. I had... A bunch of sugar-free cough drops. Thank God they were sugar-free. Because I had a lot of them. And the hope was that maybe these cough drops would ease me a little bit. I never had a fever. At first. But then it seemed as though the fever would run from my forehead to my lower half and I didn't quite understand what that was all about and I didn't have much of an appetite so I didn't eat much 
No running nose ever. And my strength came and went. Sleep. It was on and off. And I just forgot to do things that would have helped me get well through these symptoms. Just forgot stuff. And I'll explain what I'm talking about. Like, oh, I'll just do it right now. So one of the things that are extremely helpful when you're sick is to drink in uh, orange juice, ginger shots, lemon usage, teas with ginger in it. I did the tea. I did the remedy like Alka-Seltzer has been clutch. That kind of was what I used during this period in time. But I forgot the ginger shot. I didn't at one point think to go to Trader Joe and have some ginger shots. And that was a bad part of me. Now, what I was going through during this time was interesting. And the thoughts that went through my mind were interesting. I really wanted to know when it would end and what was God telling me as I was going through this experience. Personal experiences that I've learned that God has a message he's sending in moments that force you to reset, reevaluate where you are and where you're going. I'll repeat that one more time. I personally have learned that God has a message he's sending in moments like this that force you to reset, reevaluate, and decide where am I going and where am I currently at. Here's some, some more of my thoughts, right? Of course, I'm not here to tell you that God made me sick maybe he did maybe he didn't but i'm not going to tell you he did i'm not here to tell you that the devil was responsible for me being sick what i'm here to say is that for one thing these things happen no one deserves the blame god doesn't deserve the blame devil doesn't deserve the blame if you're human and you've been living on this earth as long as you have you get sick. My thoughts here were critical because I realized it's how you respond and what your thoughts are through this process that will determine your takeaway from a moment such as this. Remember, the quality of your thinking can determine the quality of life. Sometimes when you're going, I don't know, let's go with this. If you're going 80 miles an hour, right? That seems reasonable, okay? When you're going 80 miles an hour and all of a sudden things slow down, the pace has gone down tremendously. The question becomes, why? Why are things slowing down? And that is when you should acknowledge that there is probably a possibility Maybe a possibility that God has something to tell you. And the reason why I'm saying that is because sometimes going at such a fast pace, at such a high speed, you might be going in the wrong direction. 
maybe your efforts and the direction that you're heading requires counsel. You're moving with a purpose, but the purpose is misguided. And so God slows things down so that you can adjust. And I say this because we all have dreams and aspirations and desires. And a lot of times out of our own intuition, we go full speed ahead at something without evaluating, without talking to someone that might, that you should run it by, that you do trust and you do have great conversation with. And they can redirect you into something that you should consider to help you along the way. This is the reason why in a place of counsel, Book of Proverbs says there's safety. Maybe you made a choice to do something selfishly without the involvement of others who could have made your experience that much more pleasant. Maybe you lost your confidence and you need to regain that confidence. Maybe you're lacking courage. And that opportunity obviously requires work and is opposition. And you need courage to then perpetuate you to go into the direction you need to be in. There are so many reasons. And when you're on a pace and things come to a halt. I believe it's time to reflect so you can understand God's decision on why he's slowing you down. Let's take this biblical passage, for instance. This is how I came to this conclusion, and I want to share it with you. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 9 through 16 in the English Standard Version. And what I'm going to do is, periodically, I'm going to stop by certain verses and kind of give my commentating on it to kind of help you through so that I'm not reading the whole thing and then going through it bit by bit. What I want to do now is pause and give you some insight to consider, right? Some suggestions here. Now, we're going to read this out of the English Standard Version and any book Bible that you're reading online. At the top, it gives you a title. And in this title, it says, The Lord Speaks to Elijah. This is very helpful. Now, it's very helpful because it gives you the narrative and also the context of the passage. It says, Verse 9, there he came to a cave and logged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Notice this was Elijah's decision to flee. And what does God do? He questions Elijah's decision with a simple question. He doesn't chastise him. He simply questions Elijah's decision making by asking him why are you here what are you doing here I believe God does this to all of us all the time consider this thought right when certain doors in our lives don't open to the opportunity that we want maybe that's an indication that God is preventing you from walking through that door and therefore 
it's a benefit. Remember Romans 8:28, all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And his purpose may not be for you to open the door. Remember, I think it's Revelations 3. It talks about whatever door God opens, no man can shut. Whatever door God closes, no man can open. Or if I'm being practical here, if an opportunity is no longer open, there's a reason. And if an opportunity all of a sudden presents itself and you're aware of it, there's also a reason. So we go back to verse 10, looking at 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord the God of hosts for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. So this is Elijah's explanation and his reasoning to God. He's talking about what he has experienced. He's talking about what he has observed and he's, fearful of his own life as a result to what he witnessed right he's also talking about the value he has for his own life which is why he decided to leave he also believes through his own limited vision that everybody has turned on god and has bowed the knee to bell right this is what he's saying now this is god's response verse 11 he said go out and stand on the mount before the lord and behold the lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rock before the lord but the lord was not in the wind after the wind an earthquake but the lord was not in the earthquake verse 12 after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am only left. And they seek my life to take it away. Verse 15, And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damaris, or Demarcus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. So after reading this, I'm sure that there are many takeaways we can have because there are a lot to consider. My suggestion is that God doesn't always have to do amazing things to capture your attention. Sometimes God speaks in the small things, okay? And through those small things, is where if you're very very attentive you will notice 
God's way and his communication to you. Okay. In this text, it was a whisper. And it's amazing also that God showed Elijah some amazing things that he's capable of doing without his presence being there. Which means obviously through a command, these things could have happened. Because it said after these things occurred, God was nowhere to be found. As if God had to do it while also being there. God can make things happen and be nowhere in the facility. Right? But everything that God does does not have to be amazing and loud and profound. It can still be noticeable. So, for me being sick and sidelined, right? You ever play sports? You're sidelined, which means you're not in the game. You're there, but you're not in the game, right? Open my eyes to a few things about the direction of my life currently and what is important. And I need to go back and realize that there's a possibility that I'm not on track with things, right? I need to be reminded of some things. I also need to see the value of things and understand how much we may be taking things for granted. So when I observed me being sidelined, it forced me to take a look at where I am in life. Maybe I need to reevaluate. Maybe my efforts and time are not in the proper place. They're not organized. That's a possibility. Maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on things that are not as important, but they might be to me. But sometimes in order for us to be successful, we need to do that. We need to go about deciding if the way I've been going about things thus far has worked for me. And you don't get the opportunity to reassess things unless things come to a complete halt. I think even during the period in time of the pandemic, people had to reevaluate their relationships, their marriages, who they are, where they are in life, because everything came to a halt. Remember, people were prevented from being outside. People were prevented from living life a certain way. If there were issues and problems at home, you had to address them because there was no other place for you to go. So you also had to talk about the relationship that you have with God. Maybe you haven't prioritized God enough, right? Maybe what you thought you were doing was not enough. Whether it's not praying, whether it's not having devotional time, maybe it's not looking at the scriptures more intently. Maybe it's not looking at godly content. Right. These moments and times where it's specifically this during that time, you don't know how much things are not as important to you in life until something pulls you and stops you. And I'm saying sometimes I'm a firm believer that that is God's way of having you consider things you probably haven't considered and how could you consider those things if you're going 80 miles per hour you can't because you're so focused and dialed in on the tasks that are ahead of you that you don't see how you could be much more of a effective worker right they always say never work harder but smarter but how can you get to that place when you can consider that possibility if you're not reflecting
and not taking the time to consider. I even take it in a deeper turn, right? You may not appreciate everything that you're able to do. And you may undervalue it as if everyone is able to do it. For example, right? Some of us, not all of us, basically take the simple things we're able to do and believe that everyone is able to do them. When in fact, that's just not true, right? The challenges people have, you may not know of them, right? Because you're so captivated by their success that you might not notice what they're not capable of doing. We see this all the time, whether it's Stevie Wonder, Helen Keller, people that are blind but yet successful, and yet God has found a way to take what it is that they might be lacking, but it doesn't play a role in their ability to be successful at what they're doing. So those challenges that people may have that you know nothing about is usually overshadowed by their success. I think about Kurt Franklin all the time. He talked about having a learning disability. He talked about not being able to do certain things, but yet his talent was so amazing and so captivating that he has been able to live off of the gifts and talents that God instilled in him to be successful and having to do the basic things that normal people have to do in regards to going through an education system, going to college or not going to college, seeking a career or a job and turning it into a career. Because he's immensely talented, those things are not as important when it comes to living a fulfilled life, a successful life, and making a living for yourself as well as the kids that now you have to raise and teach them right from wrong and hold them up. Right. So, again, the challenges that people have, you may not know of them. And when you have no knowledge of it, that is what leads you to take things that you're able to do for granted as if everyone was created and functions normally as if all things are just a given. Now, God knows what he is doing. He also knows how creative people are right he designed them he designed us he designed us uniquely different with different fingerprints and those fingerprints are marked in us greatness right whether or not we acknowledge him or not remember gifts are without repentance what you can bet is that there are no copies of any of us right we are the only version of ourselves now i mentioned that my mom right has an illness called Addison disease give you a little description of what that feels like so imagine running on a track and you're told to run around the whole track full speed let's just say 400 meters and after you are done you can imagine that you're exhausted you're searching for oxygen air right I want to say this is how she feels without running her heartbeat is beating at that pace without running. That adrenaline that's pumping is just there, right? She's trying to do everyday things, feeling drained as if she just ran 400 meters. And when I learned this, I was saddened and I couldn't believe it. And I wondered how in the world can somebody be dealing with that and yet be so calm, 
It takes a special kind of person to handle that. And so her, her ability to do the simple things, right, are very challenging. And I said to myself, I just need to thank God that I'm able to do things without that Addison disease effect. Now, let me tell you about my mom, right? She's really talented. So in spite of that, she has shown herself to be really good at a lot of things, right? She can sing, she can cook, she can sew, she could pick up things with her hands and figure it out easily. Her learn her ability to learn is at a fast pace, right? The downside is that she has the illness that prevents her from being comfortable. And that begs the question, when God created us, right? And I'm not saying God created us with certain illnesses because obviously illnesses come and it has a lot to do with some of it's passed on in the generations and what other people experience. But she's talented and yet she's hindered by this, right? Only 10% of people in the world have this Addison disease illness. But it doesn't stop my mom, right? She's strong and purpose-driven to do things and accomplish them. And I need to thank God that the cold that I had only lasted a four, four days, right? The experience is only four days. It wasn't an everyday experience. The pain I felt reminded me this is all through the reflection that I have, that there are people who are in worse conditions than me living every day with their conditions and still finding a way to make it work for them, like my mom. So I said to myself, we just have to appreciate those people because my four-day experience is there every day. And health is so important. And the experiences of this health in terms of improving it or failing to improve it are being managed and tolerated at such a high level. So one of the things that I asked myself during this time is how are people who are challenged with their health able to make things still pleasant somehow? How are they able to be joyful and content? How is this possible? And that's when this verse spoke to me after I have been through this period of time. And this verse, I don't know if it brought me, I felt comfortable because I began to somewhat understand, but it was still uncomfortable for me to process. Now, the verse that I'm talking about is Psalm 73, 26. And I want to read this in the NLT. It says, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. My heart, my health may fail, my health may fail, my health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Or I could think about in comparison to this verse is that I want to record on Monday on time, but my health wouldn't let me. Now, this didn't stop me from having Bible study with Eric, right? But my ability to speak was limited. 
I just couldn't elaborate the way that I wanted to. But the desire to talk about God and his word led me to give it all that I had in spite of the hit to my health. And that to me felt like God strengthening my heart to carry out what I felt was at the center of what was important to me. Now, of course, when I look back at this mini victory and compare it to people all around the world who are dealing with far worse things, somehow, and still keeping it moving, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to compare them. I can just only tell you a glimpse of how I felt in comparison to those who are dealing with far worse. So to my understanding, right, even if our bodies will be struck with the worst diseases and illnesses or if our hearts get broken over and over again or if we are crushed in spirit and at that moment we may see no hope the truth of the matter is there is hope still because God will forever be our strength and our comfort and I was able to understand that because my mom who struggles gets up and she says I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me in the book of Philippians and it talks about being content regardless of the circumstance so for her to be in so much pain and even just talking about the passage of Corinthians that talks about I had a thorn in my flesh and I asked God to remove it but he said my grace is sufficient for you for in weakness my power is great it's just really times and moments where people who are dealing with far worse and stressing somehow some way when you talk to them about it they're able to talk about that they still find contentment through it all they are still satisfied through it all and that's mind-boggling that's powerful because i may not be suffering from those things but i can see that they have been fulfilled and satisfied and that God has made them whole through Jesus Christ in spite of the conditions that they are suffering from their flesh, right? Spirit is powerful, right? Jesus said in the garden, he said, watch and pray, right? And he, and he talked about how the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And all I can think about is how you have a lot of those people in the world who their flesh is weak, but their spirit is strong and is willing. Why? Because it's committed and devoted to Christ. And therefore, that spirit that they have, the Holy Spirit that strengthens them, that's there for them, is what allows them and enables them to do amazing things. And even though they are limited in their flesh, the power and the ability still exists. And that's powerful when you think about it. That's amazing when you think about it. Now, I just want to tell you how the Lord showed up for me in one instance. And I just want to tell you an experience that I went through that was powerful. Now, God showed up for me because during this period of time when I was sick, I didn't have time to prepare and do some research as it pertains to figuring out how to be the traffic court case 
dealing with being accused of running a red light. Now, obviously, if the camera caught me, it's over, right? The proof is in the pudding. Unless it's a medical condition, I'm pretty much going to lose that. But this was a situation where I had to figure out how to win dealing with an officer that accused me of it. So I didn't have no strength during the week. I was, least of my concerns was about actually going and addressing it. But I had to because I pushed it back over and over again to the degree that this is the last time that I could push it back. And I went into the traffic court case Thursday, not in the best of shape. I need to figure out how I could keep my driving record clean because I do have a clean driving record. And I knew with certainty that I wasn't guilty. I knew immediately I wasn't guilty when I was provided that and it happened in 2020. So it's now four years. Right. So creatively, I went to work. And one of the ways that I dealt with this is that. I took record of all the deliveries that I've done of combination of a Postmates with DoorDash and with Uber Eats. And it's over 10,000 deliveries. I took screenshots of that because that's evidence and proof that I've been on the road. So I've been on the road more often than a regular person. And I've been driving more than 10 years. And here it is, an officer accusing me of one day just deciding to break the rules by running the red light. And I knew instantly that that might be helpful because it's often as I'm on the road and I have a terrible driving history that will be more likely to believe that possibly I read the red light. Because here, there's evidence and proof that I have a behavior of running red lights. So that was one thing. The other thing was I thought it would be good to take a, you know, a picture from the from the maps, the Google Maps, to kind of give the judge an opportunity to see where, in fact, the officer claimed he pulled me over at, and where he claimed to have caught me at. And it was through this idea that I said. There's no way from listening to the story, because obviously they give their testimony. You're allowed to ask questions and then you give your testimony. Right. For those who haven't been in traffic court, this is how it goes. So what I did is I questioned and I asked him which day, which side of the street you pulled me over. He didn't remember, which told me after the event, he didn't take notes. There was no notes taking. So therefore, I knew his remembrance of the sequence of events was not clear. On top of it, I was doing a pickup. So I knew what side of the street he pulled me over at. I also knew where he claimed he was sitting and saw me was incorrect also because I only drew one block. He also stated in his defense that he allowed me to pull over to whatever side I wanted to for my safety, which means when he claimed that he pulled me over on one block, that wasn't true. Cause I knew where I was going. I also show evidence and proof of the delivery I was making that day was proved to be in doubt that a lot of the way he told the story was not accurate. And this helped in questioning the credentials of the officer as it pertains to what he was dealing with in regards to me. He also claims that I was the only person that he gave a ticket that day, which means there's a high possibility that maybe he wasn't, posted where he was. So I say this all to say that I wanted to articulate this much more better 
I was able to somewhat hint at it. The judge recognized potentially the falsity and the testimony provided by the officer, and they threw the case out. And I was so excited, full of joy, because here it is, not having the best of the week. Here I am having to defend myself. Here it is, God showing up for me. Here I am believing that justice needs to be served. And here it is that justice is being served on my behalf. And I just thank the Lord. I thank the Lord because he was there with me. He understood the fact that I wasn't feeling the best. Whatever strength that I mustered up that I believe God gave me, it played a role in me being successful. And I talk to you today not having anything on my record and it's still remaining clean. And the issue is, again, as often as I drive, you're more likely to get a ticket at one point. And I've managed to only get two that I defeated and I've been victorious all over in court. And I maintain that. So God showed up for me because he gave me the confidence to stand on justice. He showed up for me because he gave me the strength that I needed to be convincing. Now, the second thing I want to bring up and mention was an interaction that I had with someone. And God showed up by giving me an opportunity to make someone feel comfortable with being in an elevator with me that may or may not have thought it was possible. It was potentially nervous. And I don't know how to think about this, but I'm going to share it anyway, because I think it might be helpful and useful moving forward. And it was interesting to me because as long as you continue to live life, you're going to run across things that are very interesting and puzzling. You don't, you don't quite know how to feel about it, but you make the adjustment that's necessary. And if it becomes a point where it's a teachable moment, you teach. Or you debunk a narrative that they might have. So it was interesting. So I went into an apartment complex. A gentleman, I believe it's Caucasian, had a dog waiting for the elevator. I step into the elevator. He's like stepping outside. And in my mind, I'm like, you live here. And he says, can I come inside the elevator? It's just me and him. So I say, yeah, absolutely. So he gets inside the elevator and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. If you don't mind me asking, why did you ask for permission to come inside the elevator? This is your building. You pay rent here. And he said, I just didn't know you being black and everything, if you'd be comfortable with me coming inside the elevator. And I said, no, absolutely. This is, there's nothing wrong with that. I said, what made you feel that way? He's like, I, I just always felt uncomfortable being around people like yourself. And I just didn't know if you would make me feel uncomfortable. And I said, no, man. I said, you know, sometimes we feel certain ways and depending on our experience. And he explained to me where he used to live. He used to live in, in Indiana. And we had a little conversation and I said, no, man, there's nothing to be worried about. I'm not concerned for the slightest. We get in an elevator, you get off the floor. And in some cases you say, have a great evening or I have a good morning or, or have a good day. And, and in other cases you probably don't say anything, but I don't want you to ever feel that there's an issue where you get in the same elevator as me. And he said, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. And I said, yeah, I hope that your perspective on this changes and that you become more much more comfortable getting in the elevator of your own building and also much more comfortable just being in the elevator with people culturally. So I realized sometimes it's a cultural shock. I remember when I was in South Dakota and 
I was around a lot more Caucasian people. And was it strange a little bit? Maybe. But when it came to interaction, I interacted. And I was okay with that. So sometimes I think we have to step outside of our comfort zone and be more comfortable and uncomfortable. That way, it doesn't come off awkward. It doesn't seem strange. But more importantly, you get comfortable being around other people. And the beautiful thing about being in Christ is that none of that stuff matters. You're in Christ, right? Neither Jew nor Gentile, skin color, we all bleed the same. When he, Christ died on the cross, he died for all people, right? He didn't die for a specific group. He died for all, right? And I think in moments like this, some of us are ignorant, ignorant to these things. and Or maybe we, we see them, but we don't add as much credence to it. So I just looked at the situation and I just say, you know, this is a learning experience. And it was a blessing because now the thoughts may have changed, right? Maybe their heart on the matter is different. And sometimes all we need to do is provide a different outlook for someone else to change the narrative. Okay. Right. The theme of the year, again, is to be a willing instrument for what's right. Right. God's righteousness. And, and I intend to do that. And I'm unapologetically intending to do that. And I hope that any of you who hear this story and you're maneuvering and communicating with other people, that's not an issue, especially 2024. And if it is, don't jump down somebody's back. It's their experience, right? And we don't know. We all don't experience the same things. We all go through different things. But it's important to be educated about the matter and therefore to make adjustments if necessary and called for. So I want to thank you all so much for listening obviously this is an episode when i spoke to you a little bit more i provided some biblical scriptures but i spoke to you a little bit more and i want to kind of give you that image that picture that sometimes talking and having conversations like this can be helpful and a great reminder for our growth for our development for who we are and a lot of times we just need safe spaces to do that I hope this podcast can provide you one. I hope moving forward as you continue to grow in relationship with God, grow in relationship with people, that this could be helpful in regards to where you are. And lastly, you know, sometimes these verses are very powerful and we overlook them. Sometimes it's not about a whole chapter. It's about one single verse in a chapter that can change your life. And for me, going through everything that I went through, yes, I solely believe that it was God's strength that got me through the moment. And it was also through this time of just recognizing and appreciating that we go through things, God allows things to happen so that we can be better and that we can grow. And we're growing through our our experiences. Okay, so no devotion. This is Bible study reflection solo with friends. So I close out in prayer. Father God, in Jesus name, I just want to thank you so much for this opportunity that you've you've given me to kind of express the experience that I went through. These testimonies are powerful and useful and encouraging and motivating and inspiring as it pertains to how we go about life and what we can get out of it. Lord, I appreciate what you told us. And, and your word, when you, when, you, when you explain to us that you have many things to tell you, but we can't bear them now. And the truth of the matter is, I believe that. Some things we can't bear now has a lot to do with the timing 
And Lord, you're a God where time is not, you're not impacted by time, but you do make timely decisions. You're never on late, but you show up right on time. So Lord, I pray that as we go out the week, throughout the week, that we are mindful, we are attentive, not just to our surroundings, but to the people we encounter, that we're willing instruments for your righteousness, whether it's to share truth, whether it's to provide insight, a perspective that maybe someone is missing and doesn't know, to educate people willfully, if they have a willingness to learn, either about our faith in you or just in general. And Lord, I, I just thank you and I hope that conversations like these continue to be motivated, <laughs> mentioned, inspired, because it's through these moments like this is where we grow. Again, we don't grow in isolation, but we grow in community. And therefore, I appreciate the community that the Truth of the Matter is, has brought together. And I pray and I hope that we continue to grow in other people's hearts and minds and also within ourselves. That we continue to be the example that you want us to be. That we continue to love others in spite of them not loving us. Because you called us to be great. You called us to be an ambassador and a representative of you. And I pray that we continue to strive and want to do that. Lord, I thank you. I honor you. I glorify you. Not for what you've done but because of who you are and i'm thankful because of who you are and you having your best interests in mind for me to flourish you have allowed me to become who i am and i'm only going to get better i'm only going to be more like you as i continue to prioritize you as my number one but also make sure that my goal is to make you proud and with that lord i pray for the safety and protection of everyone listening I pray for the safety and protection of everyone's minds. And I pray that as we leave one another, whenever your presence, that you're Lord, and that you will continue to be Lord, and that one day rightfully you will take your throne. And I hope that we're all there to witness this and be a part of it. So Lord, I say these things in Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen.